0: Where Jesus bearing the sin of the whole world is is forsaken by God. And it's the suffering that earns our salvation. Uh, so, So we have there in the gospel, in these words, the most marvelous gospel. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me?
1: Five hundred years ago, Martin Luther would gather around the kitchen table with friends and theologians to talk about the Bible, theology, current events, and anything else. These discussions were called Table Talks. No matter what the question, the conversations always centered around Jesus and His promise of the forgiveness of sins. Table Talk Radio takes up the conversation, bringing the promise of the gospel to our lives. Stay tuned for Table Talk Radio.
2: Well, you found us Table Talk Radio. I'm Evan Gigline here with Pastor Brian Wolfmiller of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Hello, Evan. How are you? Fine. How are you? I'm very excited because I have this this lineup for Table Talk Radio that uh, is probably the best lineup we've had so far.
0: What? Are, well, you got to tell me what you were doing here.
2: If I were Pastor Wolfman, this would be my favorite Table Talk radio of all times, but I don't want to steal your thunder on that. I want to hold judgment until we finish recording. Okay, well, first off, we're starting out with uh, Table Talk Jeopardy. Um, church Sign Theology is after that, a little game where we look at different uh, church signs and discuss the theology behind them. Uh, following that, we're, we're playing Bible B. Um, and, and then after that, we're playing uh, Biggest Loser, uh, a little little sermon game we play where we listen to different preachers, and then cut out the fat of their sermon, and then we uh, see who is, uh, what is left uh, after we do that. So I'm looking fun.
0: forward to see what you've done for that one.
2: I <laughs> okay, well, uh, what are, what are your categories that you have for me for Table Talk Jeopardy?
0: Okay, Table Talk Jeopardy, we got it. I have two categories for you. They are first, colors of the church here. Or second, seal, trumpet, or bowl—a category based on the uh, unfolding calamities in uh, in the middle of the Book of Revelation. Okay, and the the categories I have
2: for you then: uh, the proper distinction between law and gospel, and saints of the Old Testament. Okay, so, there you go. Um, why don't you go first? P- pick your category in your
0: in your. Okay. L- well, let's do proper distinction. Uh, I'll take proper distinction for one hundred, please, Evan. Okay, uh, proper distinction between law and gospel for 100. The answer is,
2: the theologian whose evening lectures from fall of 1884 to the fall of 1885 were transcribed into a single volume and who also died on May 7, 1887.
0: Uh, I didn't know that was the date of his, uh, of his death, but I, the other sounds familiar, so I'm going to answer, who is C.F.W. Walther?
2: That is correct. Now he he's the the first president of the uh, Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, and uh, he he did these these evening lectures at at the seminary in St Louis, and uh, they were trans- transcribed by his students, and uh, just just before he died. So again, this these lectures took place 1884 to 1885, and then he he died in 1887. So this is probably at the height of his work, um, and it is a, a very marvelous uh, piece.
0: He, I think he called the evening lectures Luther, the Lutheran hour, uh, if I remember right, because he was, you know, what his book is, he's collecting all of these different uh, Luther quotations and some of the other early uh, Lutheran fathers showing the, the proper distinction between law and gospel. And there's a stunning thing in this uh, book, too, where he says, if, uh, he, look, if you can be right in every article of doctrine, but if you don't rightly divide law and gospel, then you are, uh, you're not teaching properly or being a proper pastor. So they're marvelous lectures. All right, I will take uh, colors of the church year for 100. Okay, the color most often seen in the church. This is said to represent growth in the Lord's Word. What is the color green? You got it, Evan. Green it is. We, we, In fact, we're in the summertime now, and so we have the long season of... Uh, the Sundays after Trinity or the Sundays after Pentecost. And, and the color that we've had since uh, er, uh, you know, early spring has been green, uh, showing that the Lord's worth comes and gives us life and growth uh, and even unto eternal life. So that's exactly it. Green is the right color.
2: I guess that, that brings us to your turn.
0: Uh, this is going fast. Uh, what am I do Proper distinction? I'm asking you for the question. Let's do proper distinction for, for 200 points, Evan. Okay, for 200... The
2: number of Walther's Theses, which describe the confounding of law and gospel.
0: Oh, man. That's a good... <laughs> All right. I, I don't know, but I have an idea. Uh, so I'm just going to guess in the dark. Because he... Uh, let me just throw it out there. What is 37? That is, is that right? incorrect. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, These apparently get tougher after the first one. I <laughs> guess. I
2: I thought I was throwing you some easy bones here, but no, I'm just oh, kidding. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> they get harder, actually. <laughs> oh man! The uh, there are twenty-five theses in all. The first five describe uh, the proper division uh, division between law and gospel, and then the the latter twenty uh, are describing the confounding of the two. So, the, how many the,
0: lectures are there? Maybe there's thirty-seven lectures. Is this an open book Jeopardy? Can I pull my copy <laughs> off the shelf?
2: No, because it'd make the the latter uh, ones uh,
0: far too easy. Okay all right oh man all right so uh so there's twenty five was the proper was the right answer
2: uh twenty was the right answer because there's oh, five 20. that describe the the correct division then then twenty that confound the law the law and gospel got it so that's why it's confusing when he's on on thesis you know six he's saying in the second place uh, it gets a little confusing in, in that language
0: oh yeah good good so. point Evan. very good All All right. right. Well, I don't get any points for that, so you better. Oh, are you keeping track of this? You better keep track. I've got score. Yeah, I'm keeping. I always keep track of the score. I. You never. (laughs) We never question that.
2: (laughs) All right, you're up. Okay, uh, so I'm going to take colors of the church uh, calendar, church year for
0: two hundred. Okay. Used for Christmas, Epiphany, and Easter. This color pictures the holiness of God and the holiness that He gives us in Christ. What is the color white very good evan white it is uh, all the the major uh, all, almost all I should say the major feasts and holidays of the church here have this color white. Some people make provision for their to to use gold during the Easter season. Uh, but not many people have gold pyramids So uh, so white it is And, it, and it's uh, always the color white In the scriptures Shows forth the Lord's glory And his holiness there So that's a really wonderful reminder That that's given to us By faith in Christ Yes it is And, and it reminds us of the, the
2: white robes That were clothed, clothed upon us Upon our baptism uh, That is the,
0: the righteousness of Christ
2: Okay so right. your, your turn to pick a category
0: All right. I'm going to to take uh, law and or, or no, the proper distinction between law and gospel for 300. Uh, Evan, please. Okay. And then for 300,
2: uh, the answer is the thesis which is described in this way. The word of God is not rightly divided when the law is preached to those who are already in terror on account of their sins or the gospel to those who live securely in their sins.
0: Who who put the different theses on flashcards to memorize what number they are? That's what I want to know okay that sounds like a pretty basic false distinction between law and gospel and you said that those start at number six so i'm gonna just take a guess and say what is the sixth thesis
2: I'm sorry, that is not correct. <laughs> this is Thesis 8. The Word of God is not rightly divided when the law is preached to those who are already in terror on account of their sins, or the gospel to those who are live securely in their sins. So this is the... We're talking about the, the application, then, of law and gospel. Um, do we, to whom do we apply law? Uh, for those who are living securely in their sin, they need to hear about the wrath of God. And for those who, who are in terror and, and are afraid... Um, of of God's wrath which they they rightly deserve Uh, they need to hear the gospel that that God's wrath was placed upon Jesus on the cross
0: yeah the simple way to remember this is simply that the law is preparation for the gospel so you you consider has the law done its preparing work yet is the person know their sinfulness and do they know their need uh, for Christ if so then the law has done its work and you lay it aside to get to the gospel that's what you want to do but if someone is standing there in, in prideful, hard-hearted security, then the law hasn't done its preparatory work, so you have to bring the law first uh, in order to make way for the gospel. So that's a great point, too, for in our own conversations and as we speak to people, uh, especially those outside the church, to see, is this person uh, ready for, for the for the sweetness of the gospel, or they still need to hear the crushing burden of the law?
2: I'm glad I thought to to do this to you because I would get all these wrong too so uh, <laughs> now you can't do it to me so. hey, right. it, I'll take uh, Colors of the Church here for 300 is that where I am
0: yeah you're on 300 unbelievable you're smashing me I would, jump right.
2: a- I would jump ahead but I don't need the points
0: <laughs> this is an easy one well they're all easy I gave you easy ones here it is uh, Colors of the Church here for 300 the answer is used on the feasts of the Apostles
2: uh, I believe this is the color red.
0: That's right, red for blood, because of the uh, martyrdom of the apostles. So, uh, the church remembers the, uh, uh, their death because of their good confession of Christ uh, it, by by putting up the color red. And uh, we have all these marvelous quotations from the early church where they would say things like this: "The the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. Uh, their faithful confession is why we is why the church still goes on." So.
2: Very good. Well, you know what? We, that that brings us to the close of this segment of Table Talk oh, Radio. Yeesh. So why don't you go ahead and read off the score then?
0: Yeah, all right, all right. Uh, Evan the Cocky Seminarian Gagline, <laughs> 600. <laughs> Pastor Brian Self-Proclaimed Iron Preacher Wolfmuller, 100. Yeah, uh, that's, so that's you right. You are the, the Self-Proclaimed
2: uh, Iron Preacher.
0: That that was a good show. If if
2: those listeners haven't heard of that, that edition of Table Talk Radio, uh, go on the, the our website, tabletalkradio.org. And we have a the podcast page there. We have all our archives. And uh, what show is that, Pastor Wolfmiller? Is that show number seven, maybe
0: Six, seven? Uh, six or five? It's or on six. there. I it's listed
2: know. as the Iron Preacher on the website. So uh, check that. That was a, that was a, that was fun. Um, Pastor Wolfmiller uh, claimed to be this Iron Preacher, and so we took him to the mat on it, and he proved to actually. Uh, well, you will have to listen to see what happens. So, uh, well, what uh, what's after this, Pastor Wolfmiller?
0: Uh, church sign theology, I think, is what's next. So That's right. Stay tuned for that.
2: Right back on Table Talk Radio. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Church sign theology. You know it's always dangerous when you're driving around town and you see these these church signs that have a, a little message, and then uh, you you start to pick up theology from these from these signs. And so that that's a dangerous game to play. Um, but we do want to talk about them, and I have kind of a list here, and we don't. Uh, Pastor, do you have the list in front of you as well? Yes, I do. And so we don't necessarily have to take these in order, but let's, I'll just go ahead and talk about the first one. The first one comes from uh, Sherman Chapel Missionary Baptist Church. And the sign on the in front of the church there says, All roads lead to God. And uh, it was interesting. I, I found this on a website, and, and the caption to this picture on the website was uh, something to the effect of, So what are the missionaries doing? Thumbs up all around? Uh, because all roads all lead lead to God, so uh, good job, guys. You're doing.
0: <laughs> yeah, don't worry. Just as long as you're on the road, you know, yeah, you're on Any a road. road. So, yeah, uh,
2: of course. Uh, the scriptures teach us uh, no one comes to the Father except through through Jesus. That's what He said, and uh, and so we we confess that. And then it's important to tell people about Jesus, the, the gospel, um, that Christ died for all, because that, that is the only exclusive way uh, to get to heaven.
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, this is—it's uh, kind of a really uh, goofy idea that all roads lead to God, uh, uh, because the roads are leading different directions. But I don't—you know—wonder if this is trying to capitalize on the fact that you know that people say men don't like to stop and ask for directions or something like this, and they say, well, okay, maybe it's the same spiritually, just. Just go the way you're going, and and you'll be there eventually. But that's, I mean, we know that that's not true in any area of our lives. I mean, you have to know where you're going if you're going to get there. You ha- you have to know what road to take and all of this sort of thing. So it's just crazy to think that you just do whatever you want and live however you want and, and go whatever direction you want to go, and then you end up in heaven? Ah.
2: Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, hey, let, let's keep the listeners on their toes, and we're going to st- stop this game right here, Church Scientology. Theology. And uh, let's do a listener participation game.
0: Well, yeah, that's a good idea. Well, let's go from back on our last segment. We were doing, um, what were we doing already? I forgot. Table Talk oh, Jeopardy. Yeah, Table Talk Jeopardy. You, you forgot because you don't
2: have any points to show for it.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. I, f- I forget every game that I lose, even though that is my favorite game that we play, Table Talk Jeopardy. <laughs> uh, but let's ask this question uh, for our listeners. Uh, and if you know the answer to this, you simply send an email to Evan. And uh, out of all the correct answers, he will co- he will he will select one, and he will send you a book. And the ga- the reward for this game is this book right here: uh, "Christ Have Mercy: uh, How to Put Your Faith in Action" by Reverend Matthew Harrison, uh, Executive Director of LCMS World Relief and Human Care. Okay, yeah, I'll even qu- autograph that book for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that'll just knock the value right down. Here's the question: Ready? Uh, what is the color often signifying repentance that's used in the church during the season of lent so again what's the color often signifying repentance that's used in the season of lent if, if you know the answer to that send it to to the email that evan is going to give you or call our phone number and we'll uh and you can win this prize i think it's about time for you to learn our email
2: address and phone number that's just what i think <laughs> but but the phone fun- Email is, is evan at org, or our phone number is 866-851-5523. And so uh, just uh, send us the answer and a way to contact you in case we choose you as the winner. Uh, again, 866-851-5523, or evan at org. Okay, so we got that out of the way. We went to do that coming in for the break, and we, we forgot again. Well, you forgot.
0: <laughs> okay, well, why don't you uh, talk about the? Next I'm just along for the ride on this sort <laughs> of thing. All right, we got another sign we want to back to church sign theology. That's right. Uh, here's one, um, Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Why are these all Baptist churches? Uh, here's the sign says, "If you ain't fighting the devil, he's done got you." <laughs> well, hey, it's God, not that's right. Y o u. It's just you. Well, <laughs> that's right. Uh, one thing that I wanted to take issue with is, is, um, is it our job to fight the devil? That's a great question. I, I, we were talking about, we were comparing two hymns the other day in Bible class. One was Onward Christian Soldier, and the other was A Mighty Fortress Is Our God. And, and the, uh, They're both kind of military-themed hymns, but there's two different people doing the fighting. Remember in Onward Christian Soldier, who's the soldier? As we are. And who's doing the fighting? We're doing the fighting. But then you have this hymn A Mighty Fortress, and And who's fighting against the devil? It's the Lord Jesus. Yeah, he holds the field forever. With might of ours cannot prevail... And all this sort of stuff. We can't do it on our own. But if Jesus is fighting for us, then we can stand. And this, by the way, is how the Apostle Paul gives it to us in the end of Ephesians when he's talking about the armor of God, being a soldier of the cross, having all this armor on, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the, the belt of truth, the shoes of the readiness to spread the gospel of peace, and the shield of faith, and the sword of the word. And then he says, you, you have all of these things so that you'll be able to stand, not to fight, but to stand. Uh, to, to 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 stand your ground and to not be knocked over. So, uh, so we, uh, so we stand in the gifts that the Lord Jesus gives. It's by faith and by His Word and by the salvation that He's won for us uh, that we stand against the devil. That's right. I'm not sure this would compel me to to enter the church
2: doors if I saw this. You, if you ain't fighting the devil, he's done got you.
0: <laughs> uh, let's go. I'm to not next... sure if any of these signs really work for that <laughs> way. They, yeah, I know. If, uh, free hamburgers on Sunday would probably be the best way to get people in. That's true.
2: That's true. Uh, here's another one. Uh, it says Sunday sermon series. Problem people. The lazy financial Peace. Uh This was found at
0: Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado, with <laughs> Pastor Brian Wolf. <Wolf-Miller. laughs> uh, the the lazy was the part under. It said pastor. <laughs>
2: Oh boy! So okay, so you have a you know this, this will be kind of fun because uh, a little later in the program we're playing Biggest Loser when we uh, l- listen to sermons and kind of hear the content of the sermon and, and we cut out uh, the fat so to speak of the sermon and so if we had a sermon series uh, problem people the lazy and financial piece uh, I don't think a whole lot of content is going to remain after it gets through
0: the table talk radio filter uh, of of Biggest Loser. Yeah, the the sermon on problem people is probably about you. But look, well, I mean, this doesn't make any. What's the the thing drawing this together? Problem people, the lazy and financial peace. I mean, I, I don't know. See, any this doesn't look like a sermon series. I mean, it's like a totally disjointed. But any one of these, I mean, look, this is. This is the way things go these days. You, you pick on some hot topic where people think they need some sort of self-help, and then you do a six-week series on it. And the problem in all of these sermons is that we don't ever get to the real problem, which is, is the fact that we're born and sunk in sin, and then the real solution, that the Lord Jesus has, has, has entered into our sin that we might have by his death, that we might have life. Yeah, you're right. I mean, when you when you
2: have a sermon uh, titled something like financial peace, you know who doesn't want financial peace? Including Table Talk Radio. Uh, Check out the Donate Now button on our website.
0: (laughs) Oh, on every single page. If you, by the way, can find a page on our website that Evan hasn't put a Donate Now button on, uh, you can have your money back—a refund, full refund. Very it's good. like when you go to the store and they offer if they say if you, we don't give you a receipt your lunch is free or whatever if you find a page without a donate now button your uh, donation, your listening is free
2: yeah, there, there's three or four on the pages of where you've written articles
0: <laughs> <laughs> to arouse sympathy in the people listening well, oh they, brother they need help <laughs> okay why don't you pick out the next church sign uh, how about this is my favorite oh this cracks me up every time I see it C H, blank blank, C H. What's missing? Oh, oh! I know, I know. You are. <laughs> that's so. Oh boy. <sighs> I just love this.
2: Uh, you know, we should no. say uh, the way uh, Pastor Wolfmuller and I do our our show prep is we we have a document that's shared online because we don't record these shows in the same location. And so uh, we, we we type our ideas in and, and stuff. And I, I go online, I see this one, C-H, blank blank, C-H, what's missing? And uh, right next to it says, ha, 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 oh, this one cracks me up. It's not, and, oh, this
0: one cracks me up, it's, oh,
2: <laughs>
0: this Sorry. one cracks me up. <laughs> I love it. Some witty. But, you know, someone came up with it one time who was f- perhaps fairly witty, but then it gets on every single church sign, my, oh, my. Uh, you see this one all the time. It just kind of get, you get tired of it, you know? But anyways.
2: Okay, well, we have time for one more here. Uh, I'm trying to decide which one we want to do here. Uh Uh how about this one? Um uh Woodland Baptist Church Read the Bible. It will
0: scare the hell out of you. <laughs> Oh I don't wonder if some of the energy here is perhaps misplaced if, if if there was you know, a little bit of time spent in considering how to speak clearly the Lord's law and his gospel, uh we would be better off. The Bible will scare the hell out of you. Oh Yeah. Boy. Um I mean, I don't I what do you even say about this kind of thing? <laughs> I think I would I would
2: rather say something like this in in, in the positive that that uh this in the scriptures Christ is revealed and uh in in him we find salvation. Um now I understand what they're doing, so, you know, something will, will scare the hell out of you. Oh, well, well, you know. But you know, really it's not that that sin is in you. <laughs> or excuse me, it's not that hell is in you, uh, but rather sin and we need need forgiveness of that sin.
0: Yeah, that's right. And it's also not like that—that that, that we become Christian and avoid hell by, by fear. I mean, we do want to fear uh, God and love God and this sort of thing. But it's faith that—it's uh, faith that—that uh, that ge- that clings to Jesus and, and His blood, which quenches the fires of hell. So, th- so that's what we're after: faith, uh, uh, not really, well, not fear. Although, I mean, we can't say too much bad about fear. It is commanded to the first commandment of fear, love, and trust in God above all things. But, but this trust is what is what brings us from, from hell and death to heaven and life. Yeah, at this very
2: moment, Pastor Wolf Miller has sent his church secretary out to change the church sign because he had some of these up there the, and <laughs> taking it down now.
0: Quick, take this down.
2: Yeah, quick. Hey, we'll be right back. More Table Talk Radio right after this. We're playing Bible Bee, uh, in which pastor is looking to redeem himself from the last time he played Bible Bee and oh, earned man. zero points. Uh, Stay tuned, Table Talk Radio.
1: Table Talk Radio is listener supported. If you would like to help with the financial needs of Table Talk Radio, just click the donate button on our website, tabletalkradio.org, or mail us at P.O. Box 223, Yuma, Colorado, 80759.
2: And we're back to more Table Talk Radio. Uh,
0: I have to correct your false doctrine. When you ended that last segment, you said I had no points the last time we played Bible <laughs> Bee, but I actually ended with one point. Oh, that's I right! Did have Congratulations, one <laughs> sympathy point on that game.
2: That's right, because you you talked about uh, some verse or something like that. So. Yeah, point.
0: one point is like a thousand and six points, and a thousand and <laughs> six is like one. That's right. I'm glad. That's you— That's how
2: it works here. That's right. Well, each round. Let me explain how a Bible B works. Uh, each the, the first round, one hundred, two, three, four hundred, as we go on. And uh, in the first round, I, I, we we give each other uh, three verses from the scriptures, and we have to try and name what book the Bible it comes from. Round two is is one verse. Uh, round three is five words, and round four is one word.
0: So those of you playing along at home, get out your Bible Bee scorecards and get ready to play Bible Bee. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> this will be part of the Table Talk Radio home game that it's, I'm sure is in production by Milton Bradley or Hasbro or something. That's right. Uh, it's sure to be a big hit.
2: I'm sure it is. Well, you're the one hurting for points more. Than, why don't we go ahead and say the score uh, to this point in Table Talk Radio?
0: <laughs> yes, Evan. You have 600. I have 100. Okay. So Fine. You, you need
2: points more than I do, so I'll uh, I'll give you the, the first round here. All right. And that is, um, And the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, and then he opened the book and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he appointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And he has sent me to proclaim and uh, proclaim release to the captives and recovery to the sight of the blind and to set free those who are downtrodden to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And I'm, I'm supposed to say uh, first that uh, I don't think you'll get any of these right. Just to set the, oh. set the bar low. So that's right. With that if you said, have
0: low expectations. You're very often. You're not very often disappointed, which <laughs> I'm glad. Uh, so that applies to our listeners too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, set your bar low. Uh, I recognize this, though. Were you trying to give me a little smoke screen with the Isaiah reference? Uh, this, though, is the first sermon that Jesus preaches in the synagogue in Capernaum, and it is in the Gospel of Luke. That is right. Uh w- right. One of the neat
2: things, it is kind of, I don't know, a little neat, I guess, uh, is when you look at the f- the, f- the first words out of Jesus' mouth in his in his ministry is, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And when Jesus is reading that, that's a a Trinitarian statement. The Spirit of the Lord, God the Father, is upon me, God the Son. And so the very first words out of Jesus' mouth uh, in his public ministry is the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Just as we begin the divine service in the church today.
0: Yeah, that's nice, isn't it? And and then Jesus, all, I mean, all through the Gospels, Luke and Matthew especially, they'll they'll have these different uh, quotations from the Book of Isaiah, from the prophet Isaiah, which speaks about how the Messiah is the one who bears the Spirit, so that Jesus is bringing the Spirit uh, back to the earth. I mean, it's it's this marvelous picture that in the fall the Holy Spirit, which was there with man, is lost, but now in the person of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is brought back. Uh, and so we see this marvelous recovery of this uh, of this um, this unity that we have with God through the death of Jesus on the cross. Great.
2: All right. So you get one hundred points. That brings you to a total of two hundred thus far in Table Talk Radio.
0: All right. Uh, you want to just skip your turn and let me go again? No, that's okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Here's your here's your three verses. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. I think this is the epistle to the Hebrews. That's exactly right. Hebrews 12, verses 1 to 3. Uh, it comes right after Hebrews 11, which is this list of all these fantastic Old, Ses- Old Testament saints who had faith and trust in God's promises. And it says, Since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, so many with faith, let us lay aside the weight and the sin which clings to us, and let us run with endurance, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. I, I think this is a marvelous verse because the devil is constantly bringing the temptation in a Christian's life and in the Christian church that we would take our eyes off of Jesus. But here we're reminded that we, with our eyes fixed on Jesus, we, we are, are, are traveling through the valleys and troubles of this life uh, heading at last to the glory which He's prepared for us uh, I- before His face and the face of His Father in heaven. So, so we always want to constantly have our eyes fixed on Jesus and His cross because that's where we get our life and our salvation. Very good.
2: Okay, so uh, that makes the score seven hundred to two hundred. I'm keeping track. Don't worry. Evan. <laughs> All right. Well, here here's round two for two hundred points for you. And He will make a firm covenant with the many for one week. But in the middle of the week, he will put a stop to sacrifice and grain offerings. And on the wing of the abominations, he will come and make uh, the one who makes desolate, even until a complete destruction. One that is decreed is poured out on the one who makes desolate.
0: Ah, that's from uh, the prophecy in the latter half of the book of Daniel. Uh, The the 70 weeks of Daniel prophecy, uh, correct? That is correct. Correct. All right. Uh, what is uh, being spoken of there? Who, or I should say, who is being spoken of there? Well, uh, I can't. I can't tell you that. All I can tell you is that the dispensationalists are wrong about <laughs> it. We should talk about this text uh, more fully, but it takes a little while to unpack. I mean, it's kind of a it's kind of a tight text. No, uh, no, I want you to there, in, so. give us the interpretation of Daniel nine in two minutes. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: You're stalling, so I don't get any more points. I think. <laughs> no, this, no is... this well, really, just to go, go over it quickly. It's a prophecy of Jesus, and the and the sacrifice, the abomination that makes desolation and brings an end to all sacrifice, is his death on the cross. I mean, that his death is what puts an end to sacrifice. Yes. Not some sort of rebuilt temple, which the Antichrist, who is, uh, you know, Nikolai Carpathia, goes into the temple and sacrifices a pig in the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem and brings on three and a half years of world trouble where these two witnesses and the whole Jewish nation converts to Christianity and is sacrificed and all this. No, it's talking about Jesus, his baptism, his cross, uh, which brings it into all sacrifice and brings the reign of the Messiah Uh, in the church that's that's what daniel's promising just like all the prophets promise jesus and his cross so there was that two minutes that's pretty good yeah it was about um, (laughs) and so so daniel
2: is 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 no different than all the other prophets right fascinating got
0: it who would have thought of such a yeah (laughs) what a crazy coincidence i think you're still give me round two Around two. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Let's see, is that Old Testament? <laughs> I believe
2: that's that's Matthew's gospel. Yes, I, that's I, right. I almost picked this passage for one of yours. I'm glad that I didn't. <laughs> oh. But here uh, uh, there you go. There's a lot going on in this passage. Uh I get maybe one of the one of the major things. I guess there's a lot there. One of the major things. This is where baptism is instituted. Um, that that we have Jesus sending out his pastors what, to do what to, to make disciples and to and to baptize, uh, teaching um, and 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 giving the sacrament, word and sacrament. As God works in his church today, um, those are the the means of grace as we call them in the church um, through word and sacrament. And so uh, here we have Jesus sending out his pastors to do the the various things. Uh, that the church uh, is here to do—to bestow the forgiveness of sins through word and sacrament.
0: That's exactly right. And look, we—I mean, so when you ask, "How do we make disciples of the world?" Th- in the world, this is easy. We baptize and we teach. That's what the Lord has set us church to do. It's not but so it, fancy. Yeah, a lot
2: easier than um, billboards and, and and the like. There's church some of these signs. Church signs. Yeah, that's right. Okay, um, round three. We're, we're coming up close on the break, so we need, we need to hustle through this. Um, I did have to uh, – these five words um, aren't necessarily consecutive uh, in the verse, but I think I, I picked the key words so you can, you can figure out what it is. You ready? All right. Ready. Christ Jesus
0: himself, cornerstone. All right. Christ Jesus himself, the chief cornerstone of the church. which The church is built on the pro- apostles and prophets with Christ as the chief cornerstone. This, I believe, is from Ephesians. Very good. Chapter 2, right. verse 20. Yeah, that's and it's marvelous. I mean, the, the apostolic and the prophetic word is the, are the walls of the church. The foundation, though, is Jesus, his birth, his death, his resurrection. That gives it to us. All right, we're moving fast. You ready? Here's your five words. My God, my God, why?
2: Uh, I think, is this only found in one book of the Bible, or do I have a couple options here?
0: No, uh, so the original time that you find it. Okay, so this would be uh, the Gospel of Matthew. Oh, that's a good, I actually, it actually, remember, comes from Psalm 22, oh, right, that's right, That's right, that's right. But Jesus quotes it in Matthew. I better check. I'm not sure Matthew and Mark. Matthew and Mark. Mark. Yeah. Uh, Well, all right. I'll give you credit for that, I guess, begrudgingly. But this is Jesus. What's called the cry of dereliction on the cross, where Jesus, because he's bearing the sin of the whole world, is uh, is forsaken by God. He, he's left to suffer all of this alone. It's really phenomenal. This is what we call the spiritual anguish of the cross. And it's the suffering that earns our salvation. Uh, so so we have there in the gospel, in these words, the mo- most marvelous gospel, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Okay, uh, we're out of time, but I want
2: to give you this last one real quick because uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, your one word
0: is uh, sabbatani. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that's from the same verse. <laughs> uh but uh, I think from Mark, right? Uh because the Mark gives us the Aramaic of Jesus cry, Lamak Sabakhtani, uh Eli Eli. Or is it both in Matthew it, it, and yeah, Mark? Yeah, it's too? both Matthew and Mark. So that's why I knew okay. that so well. <laughs> Hey, that's going to
2: draw us to an end, though, uh, for this section of Table Talk Radio. Um, But not to fear, Biggest Loser is next uh, on Table Talk Radio. And then we'll get the score update from uh, Pastor Wolfman when we get back. Um, So stay tuned. More Table Talk Radio right after this.
1: For three years, the Biggest Loser has been changing lives. Biggest Loser saved my life. Bringing families together.
3: We preach Christ.
1: And inspiring a nation. Take charge of your preaching. Every day is a new day. You are the biggest loser! Over 6,500 minutes lost. Over 23 million sermons burned. And counting. It's
0: time to make a change.
3: Ready, get set, go!
2: <laughs> Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Uh, you know, we have a bunch of different games that we play here on Table Talk Radio. And um, this one, Biggest Loser, was hatched by Pastor Brian Wolfmiller because he watches this show, Biggest Loser, on TV, and he wishes he could participate. But he, he doesn't have time to spend six hours in the gym. So, Right, Uh he, he thought he would just get his fill of it on Table Talk Radio, but this is uh, Biggest Loser with a little bit of a twist. What we're doing is we're taking a couple sermons. The first one by uh, Rick Warren, and the second one Joel Osteen, and we're just taking the sermon, uh, seeing about how long the sermon is, and if we cut out the fat of the sermon, uh, what is left? Uh, what's left in the sermon? I, I think I need to first describe when I was going through this what I'm cutting out because I have to be fair. What this is really doing is looking how much a gospel. Is in a sermon. I, I, was, I was looking for sheer gospel. You know, even if we took Pastor Wolf Miller's sermon, uh, there would be law and gospel in it. Uh, but hopefully, the the gospel would pre- would predominate in, in his sermon. And so, really, the the law itself isn't bad to preach uh, because the law prepares us for the gospel. Um, but but in these sermons, there is an issue: is, is a law being preached in a way that it shows us our
0: sin, or
2: is it being preached in a way that uh, in a way that we think that we can keep it?
0: I remember when I was an evangelical and we'd go to church and they'd say, we just preach the Scripture. Uh, we just preach the Bible. We go verse by verse and preach everything. And they have these these 45-minute or hour-long sermons. And you think to yourself, at least I used to think that, oh, man, those old Lutherans that only preach for 10, 12, 15 minutes, they, uh, that's not serious stuff, you know. That's not the, uh, here we're having this intense Bible study. But I started to realize, as I can, would compare the sermons, that you have really... You, even though the sermon might be much, much longer, that it, there's actually much less content, that there's not much there. So what we're doing is taking that kind of fluff and all the extra stuff and, the, and all the law and life instruction, we're cutting it out, and we're seeing what's left. Who's the biggest loser uh, when you trim down the sermon uh, to the meat and bones? Okay, so um, we're looking for gospel. And the first sermon
2: is by uh, Pastor Rick Warren. Um, and, and the sermon weighs in at 51 minutes and 40 seconds. Um, Patrick, have you ever preached a sermon that was 51 minutes and 40
0: seconds long? No. Uh, <laughs> I promise always to keep my sermons under 50 minutes, so I've never gotten that. Oh, <laughs> just a hair shy. Yeah, this, the, I think the longest I ever preached was about 27, 28 minutes. Uh, that was that's a, abnormally a nap, long. Yeah. That's, that's a long <laughs> I had a lot on my mind okay. that day. I think when I go on vacation and I come back, I got longer sermons because I got all these things kind of <laughs> pooling up inside, and I got to let all this stuff out. So,
2: Well, uh, Pastor Warren must go on a lot of vacations then. Um, be- so before before we look at the final results of Pastor Warren's sermons, let's, let's look at a few um, examples of, of what was cut out. So here's the, the first example right here.
3: You know, Jesus Christ, if you're going to have a ministry like Jesus Christ, if you're going to be like Jesus, and by the way, that is the goal of life, for you to become like Jesus. If you're going to be like Jesus, was Jesus criticized ruthlessly? Oh, and by the way, who was it? The unbelievers or the religious people? If you act like Jesus Christ, you're going to be criticized by religious people. Jesus was the friend of sinners. They loved him. They loved him. All the unbelievers loved Jesus. It was the religious people who couldn't stand him. Because he broke all the traditions and things like that. And the Bible tells us that they they did it out of envy. I told these pastors this last week, I said, you guys, you just need to understand this. When you're little, they ignore you. And when you're growing, they criticize you. And when you're successful, they resent you. So just ignore them.
2: Pastor, what do
0: you think? A little bit of envy going on here? Ooh. (laughs) <laughs> that's really something, isn't it? I mean, uh, if I now am going to criticize Rick Warren, then I lump myself in with the religious Pharisees who crucified Jesus. Yow, I mean that's kind of
2: now. This this is very interesting because we uh, several weeks ago we we interviewed uh, Pastor Todd Wilkin of, of radio program Issues et cetera about his his article entitled "Playing the Pharisee Card," and uh, I I think if I'm not mistaken, the Pharisee card was just
0: played here. Yeah, that's exactly right. If you criticize me and my teaching, you are a Pharisee. Whew. And and the goal of our life is to be like Jesus? I mean I eh, whew. well show me the show me the Bible on that. This is Rick Warren has this bad idea that our life is like a test. Uh and we um and we are trying to pass the test uh, by doing all of these things now. Of course, empowered by the Holy Spirit, but we're cooperating with Him to do all of this stuff, and so this fits in right to His to His false and dangerous teaching there. So, uh, right. So that that's what we were happy to lose in this
2: in this program, the biggest loser. And let's see what else we were happy to lose.
3: Refocus on eternity. And what I'm saying on this is Paul says, the reason I'm able to last with all the problems I go through and I don't give up and I don't wash out and I stay with Christ to the very end because I've got my eyes on heaven. I'm not living for just here and now. The seventh secret is maintaining an eternal perspective. When you say, I am doing what I'm doing because I know I'm going to be rewarded forever and ever and ever and ever in eternity.
2: Now this is this is the opposite of of what why we do things. Let's say let's say you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a plumber. Now that's not a very glorious vocation in the eyes of probably Brooke Warren, but uh, what gets me up in the morning and, and starts doing my work as a plumber isn't that I know that my reward is in heaven, but it's that I know that there's people that need to be served in my vocation.
0: Yeah, that's right. I, that I'm gonna love my neighbor by doing what God has called me to do. We. This is. It takes the motivation for good works, and it puts it back on ourselves, so that we are doing all these things, so that we'll be rewarded when we get to the afterlife. And it's, it's really kind of nutty. Uh, there was, a, I think, if you visit Extreme Theology, a, a little a website, you can find that there's a heavenly. Uh, rewards, ca- uh, purpose-driven calculator, and you can put in the good works that you've done and figure out what your heavenly rewards will be, uh, because this is the kind <laughs> of thing that. that's uh, that's Rick Warren is doing. You know, it's everything is focused on getting the the rewards in heaven. Uh, all right, well, we better. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, that's all right. Let's get to the what was left, and I want to see how much okay. was lost.
2: Yeah, we after after our um, biggest loser program, Pastor Rick Warren's sermon, which began weighing in at. Fifty-one minutes, forty seconds. Ended up uh, talking about pure gospel. Uh, ended up with twenty-five seconds, and uh, that's a body mass loss of ninety-nine point two percent. So that's pretty good. Let's have that twenty-five. Well, it's not good at all, actually. What's that? Can we hear yeah, twenty-five it? seconds. And actually, as being awfully generous in that, because uh, one of, one of his mentions of Jesus and the cross was talking about uh, focusing on the afterlife or focusing on the end, and that's what Jesus did. Um, So that's that's not gospel at all, but I I included it because I talked about Jesus and the cross. And let's listen to what's left.
3: Now, Paul says this in verse 5. We don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach Christ, Jesus the Lord. And all we say about ourselves is that we are your servants because of what Jesus has done for us that's how jesus endured the cross it says he endured the cross looking forward to the joy that was set before him and that's all that's left <laughs> that's pretty good
0: you know we we uh table talk is a vigorous uh exercise program here uh <laughs> this is the idea though too that you know we that we wouldn't just take these sermons and and and, uh, and knock them down but that we would do it in ourselves our own lives that we would lose the fat of the false doctrine and all the silliness uh, too and we would cling to the Lord's gospel that's the idea uh, of this whole deal too So
2: well, we're running out of time so better uh, get on to Joel Osteen's sermon which weighed in at, at 29 minutes and 13 seconds significantly shorter than, than Rick Warren's but I think he has to fit the timetables of a radio uh, program too um, so 29 and 13 seconds let's hear a little bit of what was cut off of Joel Osteen's sermon.
0: But I want us to be so full of praise that even if we stump our toe, instead of complaining, we'll say, thank you, Jesus. Somebody cuts us off in traffic. Instead of shaking our fist, getting upset, bless them, Lord. Give them a good day. While you're at it, help them to learn how to drive. We don't get that promotion we were hoping for. No big deal. I know God must have something better in store.
2: I know the last time I stubbed my toe, I
0: said, thank you, Jesus.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, turn our cursing into blessing. its I mean, it's not bad advice, but it's – so that's fine that we bless instead of curse people, uh, we, that we love our enemies, pray for those who persecute us. That's – I mean, that's all right. Uh, I mean, of course, it fits wrongly into Joel Osteen's theology of glory and this, uh, this um, faith teaching that he has uh, – uh, that you can be wealthy and everything like this. but Well, let's hear what was left after you cut it out, Evan. How about that?
2: Okay. Um, and really, all that was left was we forgot to say the, the Joel Osteen Creed. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am, et cetera, et cetera. At the very end, he says this, the only gospel in the whole sermon.
0: In Jesus' name. <laughs>
2: That's it. <laughs> so after oh, the Table Talk Radio Biggest Loser, uh, Exercise program, Joel Osteen's sermon, which weighed in at 29 minutes and 13 seconds, um, ends up being 1.5 seconds, a body mass loss of 99.99%. So Joel Osteen is our biggest loser. Oh, man. Hey, that's all the time we have for Table Talk Radio. But uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, See you next time right here. More Table Talk Radio.
1: You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like to answer your questions concerning theology, the scriptures, or anything else. Send your questions to questions at tabletalkradio.org or leave us a voicemail message, 866-851-5523. Be sure to check out our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening, and tune in again next time to Talk Radio.